Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Welcome. It's episode 32 of UAP. Stephen Dina right here. Karen Curtis over there. And Hello. We're glad to have you in another UAP adventure here today. That's what it always is, right, Karen? It's always an adventure as we go through these crazy and wild stories that we have. Always an adventure. You never know what to expect. That's true. But know that it's fully researched and very interesting. And you know what else is always interesting? Before we get into our topic here today, which is the Vatican. Oh, you're like, what does the Vatican have to do with aliens? Actually, science and astronomy are big parts of the Vatican. They are, and we're going to talk about all that today and what secrets might be hidden in their archives and all that good stuff. The Pope has a telescope. He does, and I can talk about this in the interest of full disclosure. I'm going to let you know this in the first minute of the show today. I am a Catholic, so I am allowed to say all the things that I'm going to say here today. In fact, Stephen struggles with this podcast because... Because he tries to keep, you know, his Catholicism in one little box and then he has the aliens in the other little box and he doesn't want the aliens to influence the Bible. I try not to cross streams you don't. when it comes to both of them. But actually today, it's funny you say that, Karen, because I think what we're going to find today is that there's actually a bridge here. There is. Between religion and... Oh, big one. And, you know, the, the possibility of, of life in, on other planets and throughout the universe. So before we get into all that and what secrets might be hidden away in the Vatican, how about a factoid? Do you have a factoid today? I do. I know you do. <laughs> about intelligent aliens. Oh. Oh, yay. Okay. So, you know, that there are some aliens civilizations that can be thousands or millions of years older than us, right? Sure. So they've developed artificial intelligence. I mean, just look at how much progress we've made in the last 100 years as human aliens. That's true. I mean, if you were born 100 years ago, you didn't have a phone, you didn't have, obviously, internet, car. I mean, we have just exploded in terms of progress. Well, but these aliens, if they're like a million years older than us... They may not be soft and squishy. You know, <laughs> some people think that there are giant alien squids out yeah. there on like moons with just water on them and that. Right. Or they don't need to live in the habitable zone like us where there's water and oxygen. But some astronomers think that AI aliens would actually prefer to hang out in high energy hot spots like black holes or supermassive stars. Boy, that's interesting, isn't, isn't it? it? To think about that there might be some type of life form, even if it's artificial intelligence, that would just be hanging out in a place like that with a black hole or these giant stars. It's it's just crazy to think there's so much out there. We've only just begun. (laughs) This is nothing. You ain't seen nothing yet. And that's exactly why we're talking about what we are today, which is the Vatican and a possible secret knowledge that they may have concerning Outer space, aliens, and maybe some other mystical things. So, you know what, Karen? What? We'll just dive right into it. How about that? Okay. (laughs) The Vatican. Vatican City, Italy. In the 17th century, Pope Paul V 
ordered select documents of the Catholic Church moved from the Vatican Library and closed to outsiders until 1881. Today, the Vatican secret archives are closely guarded, and some researchers believe they contain revelations so explosive that they threaten the doctrine of the Catholic Church. You have to wonder if the secret library at the Vatican, which they acknowledge exists, doesn't have records or chronicles about extraterrestrial contacts that the Catholic Church has recorded and knows happened, but is keeping a secret. Oh boy. Oh, and then of course the little explosion sound there from ancient aliens. Thank you, ancient aliens. Yes, we always appreciate their hard work because then we can just piggyback right off of it. So <laughs> it's fantastic. Um, so just a little history there on the secret archives in the Vatican. So the, well, you might hear us say the word pontiff. If you're not familiar with that, pontiff is just another name for pope. Um, he is the sovereign of Vatican City. Now, Vatican City, basically, they, the pope owns the material held in the archive until his death or resignation. Kind of like with Pope Benedict XVI when he resigned and then Pope Francis took over. The Vatican is its own nation. It is. It's the smallest country in the world. That's right. Now, the archive also contains state papers. So it doesn't... There aren't very exciting things. It's not all mysterious and exciting. You have state papers. You have correspondences between popes and dignitaries and things like that. You have accountant books, uh, many other documents that the church has accumulated. Crossword puzzles. Over the centuries. (laughs) Basically, it goes back about 400 years. I guess you can say the modern archive goes back about 400 years to 1612. When yeah, I mean, before that, they what carved it in stone, I guess. Well, <laughs> they, I mean, you had some stone tablets, maybe like Moses, but also you just have a lot of records that were lost. Yeah, right? yeah. You, they do have some things dating back to uh, Pope Gregory and things like that. You know, the Gregorian calendar, that's where that comes from. That's about a thousand years ago. Um, but they, mainly the stuff that they have in there dates back to 1612, which was when Paul, Pope Paul V ordered that all church records be assembled into one place. That was, again, back in the 17th century. Now, the secret archive was separated from the Vatican Library, so you had both, and you heard them talk about there in in that clip as well. Scholars had very limited access and remained closed to outsiders until about the 19th century. That's when Pope Leo XIII opened the archive to researchers. More than a 1,000 researchers have gone through there, and they examined some of its documents each year. So, that's one of the things that I wanted to get out of the way right right away is that this misconception that the secret archives of the Vatican are closed and no one can go in there. No. So they're not so secret. Well, they 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 are kind of secret. Some of the stuff in there is still can't be um I guess you could say looked at, accessed, accessed and things like that. But here's the thing, even if you wanted to look at it, Karen, how would you? Because the Vatican Archive has been estimated to contain 53 uh, miles. Oh, my. 53 miles. That's a lot of Dewey Decimals. <laughs> of shelving. Holy okay? moly. So you're talking about with 35,000 volumes in the selective catalog alone. Right. So, I mean, now, again, in there, some other things like letters written by popes, uh, papal registers, those things are in there, like with Pope Innocent dating back to like the 1200s. So Henry VIII's request for a marriage annulment. How many of those did he try? That's why he went to the Church of England because the Pope exactly was right. like, a "No." That's exactly right. Then you had schisms, and so there's really has some historical things in there. It's not all secrets. You have some really historical documents, like that annulment uh, letter where he was asking the Pope permission to do that. Pope says no. Well, nope. then all of a sudden you have 
different sects of Christianity yes. because of that letter. And Martin Luther. That's right. So then you go down there and you have a hand. How about this? A handwritten transcript from the trial of Galileo. Oh, God forbid the sun's in the center of the solar system and <laughs> not the Earth. <laughs> How do you like that when he was on trial for heresy because, like you said, he dared to say that the sun was in the, the center of the galaxy. House arrest for the rest of his life. Unbelievable, right? They even have letters. I found this fascinating. Again, this is outside of the alien purview, just some other things that are in the, the archives. They have letters from Michelangelo. Where he's complaining, or I should say Michelangelo, I'm Michelangelo. sorry. Michelangelo. Michelangelo, where he's complaining that he had not been paid for work on the Sistine Chapel. Starving artist. How do you like that? So sometimes, you know what, when you think about back to these Renaissance artists, oh, these people were geniuses, and they were, but they were just like us. They were complaining to their bosses. Yeah, hey. Where's my paycheck? Where's my paycheck? <laughs> Isn't that wild? So to mark the 400th anniversary, which was about 10 years ago, the Vatican Archives, they had 100 documents dating from the 8th century to the 20th century, and they were actually put on display Hey, back in 2012. How do you like that? That's a little fun fact. So people could go in there and see some of those documents that we were just talking about. Another one in there is actually they had the excommunication uh Proclamation for Martin Luther, right? Which is where we got Lutherism. That dates back to the 1500s. I'm a Lutheran. You are. That's right. Yeah. So you're a Catholic. I just I'm the same. We have a very similar setup in church, except we don't have the Pope. Right. We pray right to God and Jesus. We don't have to go through the Virgin Mary. Right. And then there's some like hoity-toity stuff you go through that we don't have to go through. <laughs> no rosaries and all that stuff. No hail marys. That's right. We we, we go we we go through uh, the secretaries. Like the saints and, and things right. like that. Right, we don't have the... No. You, you go directly to the big guy. We go right to the big guy. <laughs> now, there's also a letter. I found this stuff fascinating. Outside Again, outside of the mysterious alien stuff. There's a letter in there from Mary, Queen of Scots, which was she wrote while awaiting her execution. She's like, oh, I have a little neck. Elma, no, please. <laughs> How do you like that? But outside of all that, Karen, there is, of course, the mysteries concerning now. things in the Vatican. So what about the aliens? It's not exactly like they're just going to come out and say, hey, look at our alien secrets over here. Right. That's not exactly going to happen. Was Jesus an alien? Ooh, interesting. That said, it hasn't stopped people from theorizing about what might be hidden in there. A couple of my favorites include the idea that the chronovisor is in there. Do you remember the chronovisor? The coronavirus? What? No, no. <laughs> the what? The chronovisor. No. This is actually something we oh, spoke about. Oh, Andrew Basiago, yes. yes. So if you go back to one of our previous episodes, I think it was episode 19 where we talked about the curious case of Andrew Basiago. He's the one who claimed that he was a time traveler. He went to Mars with a young Barack Obama when he was Barry Sotero. All these crazy, wild stories that he told. It's all in that episode. But one of the things that he spoke about was a device called the, the chronovisor, which supposedly was a time machine or a type of time machine that allowed you to look into the future and into the past. And it's said, which is why some people theorize it's in the secret archives, that this thing is was built by an Italian priest. Oh. Named, I love this name, ready? Father Pellegrino Maria Ernetti. Oh, love it. His intent with it, supposedly, was to use it to view and study the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. Despite the testimonies of Basiago, no one actually knows where this machine oh, is, oh. which would explain the rumors that it's in the secret archives. What is it, a system of tubes and levers? <laughs> <laughs> we don't know. I don't know. I imagine it like the little... Um, what are the remember? Remember those toys where you would look into like this little visor and you turn the dial. What is it? It starts with a P. Uh, 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 P. 
panoramic of uh, the panoramic something. I forget what those were called. I know. Oh my God, I got. It was that. a red thing. Yes. And you had the little slides. Right. You, you, of course, I had every, one as a kid. Me too. And everyone knows what we're talking about. Yes. They're yelling at us because we can't remember the names. So. I know. I'm sorry. Um, but I'll <laughs> tell you that one of the favorite theories is that there's a third secret of Fatima that's locked away there as well. You've got Lords and Fatima have been sanctioned by the church. And that's where the Virgin Mary was seen. That's right. Those are those are miraculous visions that yes. the, the Catholic Church has sanctioned. I was in Medjugorje in Bosnia Herzegovina. Were you really? And I met the the kids who are now adults, the five of them who were on the mountain in Medjugorje. In Medjugorje, wow. and, and who saw the Virgin Mary. Now it's funny you mentioned Medjugorje because that's also a famous apparition site of the Virgin Mary. But it's to this day it hasn't officially been recognized right. by the church. So I met the the kids who saw her and talked to them, but they have not been sanctioned. Yet, but Which I was on that hallowed ground where the Virgin Mary allegedly showed up. What was your impression of that when you were there? Well, there were people being slain in the spirit. There was this monk there, a Franciscan monk named Kevin Burke, huh. and he had been on Wall Street. He was interviewed by Connie Chung on Dark Black Monday. Wow! Remember when the crash happened? Right. He had like he was like dating a Ford model. And uh, he had this party and, you know, he was worried about people spilling wine on his Persian rug and everything. And he gave up all his money and everything and became penniless and went and started to become a monk here at this church in Medjugorje. How about that? And um, I'm like, whoa, dude, would you hit rock bottom? <laughs> what happened? <laughs> He's now back in L.A. as a huge hedge fund guy. You're so kidding. He, but Kevin told me he saw the Virgin Mary on the streets of New York and that's why he went to Medjugorje. So she's even in the United States. Yes, they saw the Virgin Mary, and every night at 5 o'clock, the one kid, well, he's now a man, goes up there and he talks to the Virgin Mary every night, and she gives him a message. Really? To this day? Yeah. How about that? It's a fascinating story, and that's something that people theorize when it comes to the connections between like a uh, an apparition, whether it's a Medjugorje, which is not officially recognized by the church, like we said, or one that is officially recognized, like Lourdes or Fatima. And Fatima especially is probably the most famous case where people say, well, what if it's aliens, right? What if the Virgin Mary is being mistaken as the Virgin Mary and it's actually an alien that's visiting Earth? But didn't the blood come out of the statue's eyes there? There, there have been cases of that. I'm trying to remember if that was in Fatima, um, but there have been reports of different things like that where blood comes out of a statue, whether it's a crucifix and the, and or tears or yeah. stigmata is another famous one. But with Fatima specifically, they talk about the third secret. So if you're not familiar with that and why it might mix with aliens and things of that nature, Fatima is extremely fascinating. I'll just give a quick history on it in case you're not familiar with it. It happened in, around the time of World War One in that area. I want to say 1918, maybe, in that time frame. And it was three children, three kind of like Medjugorje, three poor children, and three instead of five. I wonder if it has anything to do with war, because they were at war. Croatia broke away from Yugoslavia at That's that time. Right. It could be, because... And there were, there were siblings. Um, one of them... Two of them died young, and another one, the, the, I think it was the oldest sister, actually lived well into her 90s, and she was a nun all her life, and she met with Pope John Paul during his papacy, and she she lived very a very long life but they had these apparitions they didn't know what they were seeing but she presented herself saying you know i'm the virgin mary i'm here with messages she gave them three secrets and nobody would believe them she they they, they went and told the the priests and everything and nobody would believe them eventually it came to the point where the um the, the virgin mary in this case called the lady of fatima uh, told the kids, tell everybody to be here at the spot. It was out in this open field. And she said, tell everybody to be here on this day at a certain time. Now, thankfully, this was 
almost modern times, modern enough to where you had newspaper reporters. It became public. Really? Oh, my. And you had reporters out there. You had people who, who were, were taking pictures of the crowd. And there were thousands of people there. Thousands. Uh. And it's a documented. They call it a miracle because you can't explain right. how this happened. It was pouring rain on this day when everybody came out there. And the field was just filled with mud. Everybody was sloshing around. And then as the children waited the arrival of Virgin Mary, as she came, the skies, it stopped rain. It was torrential. And it just stopped dead in its tracks. And this is, this is a true story. This isn't like, oh, Wait, you have... because there was a lot of people that can confirm it. Yes, this is a confirmed story. This isn't like, oh, you have faith, you believe this story. No, this is a confirmed story, what I'm telling you. And it just stopped dead in its tracks, and the sun came out. And as people started looking up, the sun, and this is where you have, um, I guess, some conflict on interpretation and why some people say it's aliens in this. The sun started dancing in the sky. Yeah, right. It started moving around in circles. They had the same thing in Medjugorje. The same thing happened in the sky. And people, maybe some people mistook it as a UFO because they described it as like a silvery object in the sky moving around and other people say it was the sun it was the sun i don't know how you mistake the sun for a ufo so i kind of personally go with the sun theory which was the sun was moving around in the sky because our lady fatima told the children i will show them a great sign so they will believe and they did because what are you gonna i'd be freaking out if i saw the sun moving around in the sky like that and that's what they saw people thought it was the end of the world they thought it was the second coming of jesus of course that didn't happen but and made believers out of a lot of people during that time. So, it's- and I think also during that time they established the green flash. Yes, where this when the sun sets or when it comes up, there's a flash of green on the horizon, and that's been established and proven. If you remember the, the Pirates of the Caribbean movies, that was in one of the, the movies, but that's actually been proven by the Vatican astronomers, who we're going to talk about in a little right. bit. But one of the things that the Virgin Mary did at Fatima was she told the kids three secrets. Yes, one of them was about World War Two which came to pass. She told them that if people didn't pray more and pray the rosary, which is, if you're not familiar, it's a Catholic prayer, um, that there would be a second world war worse than the first. Well, that, that, that happened. Wow. Um, and there was the, the second one I'm trying to remember. I can't remember so exactly. So I guess they didn't pray with the rosary. With the, they pray the rosary not. very well. She, According to the children, she showed them visions of hell, and it was some terrifying things that she showed them. But the third secret was locked away. For years and years and years until the year 2000 when Pope John Paul supposedly opened it up and it had to do with uh, the bishop in white would be shot with arrows standing on a hill and people, um, I guess, interpreted that to mean the assassination attempt on Pope John Paul's life, Pope John Paul II's life, back, what was that, around 85, I think, 86. Some people interpreted that third secret as the assassination attempt on Pope John Paul II, the man in white in Rome standing on a hill. They figured the Pope, he's wearing a white robe. But here's where it gets interesting, Karen. A lot of people think that third secret that Pope John Paul supposedly revealed was not the secret, that it was something else that they kind of just came out with something. I see. And the third secret is still locked away in the archives, and the secret itself pertains to the existence and the, I guess, the the presence of alien life in the universe and on Earth. Amen. I bet you it is. Could you imagine? I do. I would think so. I know so. it took a while for us to get there, but that's... We're there. We're there. and that's But that's the backstory on it. And they think, some people theorize, that that third secret could have to do with aliens. I don't know. And that's, that's, that's locked away there in the archives. I don't know. I love it. 
I wonder, yeah, that's so cool. You know, but things have changed in the Catholic Church. I mean, a lot of things have changed. So much so that, you know, they even have their own astronomical studies going on. You, if you're going to become a theologian with the Catholic Church, you have to take astronomy. That's true. And um, the, can you say this guy's name, this Jesuit priest? I'm going to try from my Arizona? Best. Yes. So there is a... a brother. A, I'm guessing BR dot that's, is that's brother. brother. That's correct. <laughs> so, but you can still say Jesuit priest. That's fine. Um, he's, it's, it's Father... Or I guess I should say... Guy Consolamagno. <laughs> it's Brother Guy. Well, his name is actually Guy. Okay, very good. And they do refer to him as the... Well, in um, French, it's Guy. That's true. And you studied French. They refer to him as the Pope's astronomer. Ah, uh, yeah. And he kind of is like the head of the Vatican um, astronomy department, I guess you can say. The right. Vatican Observatory. Because the Vatican, believe it or not, has a giant observatory. They do. And they, they're kind of lead in a lot of scientific studies. So it's Father Guy Consolamano. Mm-hmm. The G is silent in his name. And he has this to say about the possibility of alien life and what it would mean if it was found out to be true. First of all, it's not going to be such a shock because I think most of us have you know, watched enough science fiction that we're used to the idea we're not alone. There was a survey done by the Center for Theology and the Natural Sciences that showed that 90% of every religion they in- interviewed said finding other intelligences would not be a shock to them. Any, I think the bigger shock really was back when they discovered human beings living in the Americas. And we've gone through that. Hey. We're ready to accept that any creature in the universe that is created, was created by the same God who created us, is in the same kind of relationship as the rest of us. Yeah, he says priests must understand the universe. That's right. And then, like you said, it's one of the um, requirements. Yeah, it is. is. Is to understand some of the things when it comes to space and the stars and how it all works. Because the Vatican Observatory dates back to 1582. Whoa. And they have, well, they have more on that, actually. Yeah. We are an observatory as any other observatory, and our goal is to do astronomical research. Uh, what is specific of us is that we are the Pope's observatory. The first Jesuit director was appointed in 1906, and since then, the observatory is trusted to the Jesuits. As a researcher, as astronomers, we want to, to search the truth and the truth that comes from science and the truth that comes from our faith are not in opposition. And I, yeah. and I think They're that's... They're not in opposition. Right, and that's an important part to make, and that's what I was saying earlier when we started, is that, you know, I think we, can, we found a bridge that we can cross in this episode when it comes to religion and the belief that there might be life on other planets. To me, it's never been a hard leap to make. Because the way I look at it is, and this is what they're saying there and Brother Guy was talking about, if God created humans, right. if you're going to believe in that principle and that dogma, if you will, why can't we believe that God created all living things that's right. throughout the universe, including other beings? Uh, to me, that's never been a big leap to make. Yeah. You know, but for some people, it's like, oh, well, that's 
heretical to think that way. No, why? Well, and speaking of heretical and you know science and religion in opposition, remember in the 1600s, as we talked about before, Galileo, he was the Italian physicist and astronomer, he was placed on house arrest for the rest of his life because he made the hypothesis that the sun was at the center of the universe and not the earth. And it takes some time for ideas to be accepted by the church. That's true. And isn't it funny that we, we come from there to now where they study so much of this and they even found out, like we said, the green flash. Yeah. You know, remember that again from Pirates of the Caribbean. Yep. You think it's fake. You think it's an urban legend, an urban no, myth. No, I've seen it. It happens when the sun, they found out, is almost entirely below the horizon. And as you got like the barest edge of the sun, like the upper it edge, it's still visible. For yeah. a second or two, that upper rim of the sun will appear green in color. Now, the other thing is Leonardo da Vinci, he... He was quite a scientist. He invented lots of things like the helicopter and, I mean, just incredible stuff. He might have been a time traveler, but that's another another subject for another day. (laughs) But um, he was doing autopsies in the Vatican tunnels because it was cool down there and the bodies wouldn't decompose. And so he lived, obviously, from 1452 to 1519, and he was well known for his anatomical sketches of the human body, which he did by dissecting bodies. And um, he was illegally doing it in the right. cool tunnels below the Vatican. And then, finally, eventually got special permission from the Catholic Church to dissect and sketch what he learned for a medical book. That's right. So they finally said, okay, it's okay. you're not a weirdo cutting up bodies. <laughs> Go ahead. I see you're doing something to help man. <laughs> and, and side note on Da Vinci, he wasn't allowed to go to the traditional schools and universities because his parents weren't uh, married. They were, I guess, just together. Oh, and so because of that bastard. Yeah. But didn't he also have two years where he went missing? They they talked about and maybe yeah, he went with aliens or something? That's that's a theory about him, yes. That he went into a caves, cave or something? He talks about these caves and nobody can, to this day can find these caves that he wrote about. Right. And they think, at least the theory is that in these caves was, was some type of wormhole or whatever where Amen. he went through time and space and got all these ideas. And, he oh my gosh, some of his ideas are still used today. Yeah, you're right. In the inventions. But, uh, yeah, the Jesuit astronomer also says, you know, the church is a little bit more flexible in its understanding of the universe. Galileo put oh, in evidence this is the a new comprehension of the universe uh, that was in opposition. And sometimes it takes time uh, to change your paradigm of comprehension of reality because of this uh, misunderstanding and all the the suffering with the desire from the church to somehow heal these wounds. The the Pope Leo XIII wanted to have the observatory. That's why he had the observatory. It's like to heal the wounds what happened to Galileo. That's right. And, you know, look, it's just it's a natural evolution, right? I mean, that's just like with society. You know, we think about technology, like you were saying earlier, Karen. We A hundred years ago, when oh. we were talking about something like with Fatima, we barely had photography to be able to catch, to capture some of the things that were happening there. It's amazing. And, and now today, I mean, it's, think about it. We've been able to stream it on whatever we want, put the videos on TikTok. It's going faster and faster and faster. What I don't get is the church is now embracing the Big Bang Theory and the singularity and I somehow don't find room for God in the Big Bang Theory. You know what a priest said to me one time? 
when asked about the Big Bang Theory, he said, yeah, I believe in the Big Bang Theory. God said bang and it happened. <laughs> <laughs> there you like, go, because okay. God always has been and always will be. The Big Bang is the best explanation we have to tell the story of the universe. Maybe in the future we will have a better explanation. I hope so, because uh, it's, it's the way that uh, science um, makes progress. He sounds like Father Guido Sarducci. <laughs> he does. Sorry if he's a little hard to understand. And Rome there. is too. It's too and nothing's too. But remember, we also <laughs> we also have talked about in the past in previous episodes. Which, by the way, I haven't said the website yet because we don't have a lot of um, pictures with this episode as far as our usual blog post goes. But we'll still have up our blog post so you can have uh, the episode on there as well. But. You can always go to 850WFTL.com, just a reminder. Hey, we could put my painting, I'm an artist, we, of Jesus that I did. Perfect. We, we can put it up there. So we can have that up there. And 850WFTL.com. It's all about me. <laughs> go to the podcast section, you'll see UAP, and you'll you'll find the episode in all previous episodes, including the one that I'm about to refer to here with Valiant Thor. Right. So Valiant Thor, in case you have never heard this story, was a supposedly a Venusian, an alien from Venus who lived inside Venus, who came with a couple of other aliens and back in the 50s and 60s. And his mission was to help progress the Earth with technology and peace and, believe it or not, being closer to God. Right. So that goes into our theory of if God created humans, why wouldn't right. he create all the other beings? Right. So these Venusians with Valiant Thor were spiritual beings and they were believers in God and believed being close to God. And they tried, the story goes, to get uh, President Eisenhower at the time and Vice President Nixon to subscribe to these things of free electricity and free energy and right. clean energy. Right, like Tesla was trying with uh, everyone can have electricity, just come to this big ball. Exactly. And, and peace... On and, and Earth. Peace on Earth and all medical stuff. advancements and yeah, all these and things. Yeah, and they're like, ah, uh, no. No, we're good. We want people to depend on us and, and <laughs> give us money. To, we want big government. <laughs> but, and which essentially how the story goes, but another thing that in that story was his supposed meeting with the popes and going to the Vatican and talking about, you know, here's, here's what we want to talk about. And basically the Vatican said no because... People are going to be confused. We don't know how people are going to take this if we come up to them and say, hey, there's aliens, there's other beings in the universe, and they're also living on the earth. Because the story goes, Valiant Thor told the Pope that there was about 80 different Venusians living on the earth at that time. Well, now, does the church think we're alone? We live in a universe of 100 billions of galaxies. Each galaxy is made of billions of stars. Each star may have a planets, so uh, there is the possibility of intelligent life in the universe. Uh, St. Francis uh, used to talk about the, the wolf as a brother, and uh, sister moon and brother sun, so why not uh, brother E.T.? Brother E.T.? How do you like that? Yes. So why not, right? Yes. And that is, you know, a... a Catholic priest saying that a Jesuit, yeah, who's saying brother ET and why yeah. not? Maybe Phone this is real. So and Pope Francis has been asked about these things. So which which we'll get into. But one other weird thing, Karen. Yes. When it comes to the archives, way, what may be in the archives? Because of course, you know, we we talk about what secrets might be in there when it comes to alien life and things of that nature. But that's all theories. But another weird theory is one you may not expect. 
Um, and it's kind of strange. And it's actually could be something used for the devil. You could summon the devil. What is happening? Uh, and I just recently from a, a sermon found out that God knows what you're thinking and the devil hears what you're saying. Aha. Uh-huh. That's pondered that one. Good philosophy. Yeah, but so here is what we know about the archives and the devil. The Vatican secret archives are said to hold a book called the Grand Grimoire, which contains instructions for summoning Satan. Oh no. You heard me, for summoning Satan. Yeah, not good. A grimoire is a book used for all kinds of magic, including creating amulets and talismans, casting spells, and summoning supernatural beings. The Grand Grimoire, as you might expect, is believed to be the most powerful in existence, as it contains information about making a pact with the devil himself. Now, is it that far fetched? Oh, the Grimoire. <laughs> now, if, that's could be that should be a movie. It should be. It's, the Grand Grimoire. It's wild. It, may, it makes me think of I'm kind of like a Marvel nerd, so it makes me think of Doctor Strange and like you know the Book of Magic and all that. Oh uh, yeah. But is it that far fetched? If something like that exists, the Vatican, I think would have it because basically they're hiding those secrets right. of that power. They right. wouldn't want that to get out and then all of a sudden everybody's learning how to make magical talismans probably, and to summon the devil. It's probably inside the Ark of the Covenant that's inside that's right. the, the archive. What a weird but thing though, right? From evil to good though, they do think there's information as well inside the Vatican archives about Jésus-Christ. Some believe the archives could contain top secret information about whether the master miracle maker himself genuinely exists and if he has descendants alive now. There was said to be correspondence between St. Paul and Emperor Nero on this topic. Even more scandalously, there could even be the truth that Jesus doesn't actually exist. Juicy. Huh? (laughs) (laughs) Juicy. Whoa. (laughs) So, that is like mind-boggling, right? That to me is pretty wild. That's, now, obviously, that's a very, very, very big leap for me to make to say that Jesus never existed, which is just silly to begin with because he's actually in the historical records with the census. So I think that's complete yeah, and, and to be related to him, he must. Did he have children? Well, that's one of the things you go back to the Da Vinci Code, right, with Dan Brown. That was one of the big reasons why the Catholic Church came out against that book because it talked about his supposed affairs with Mary Magdalene and having kids and, and things like that. And brothers you know remember they found that his brothers that was the, uh, the uh, ossuary the with, ossuary with the bones uh, james oh, by brother the way, of jesus and all that so i came up with the name of that thing with the you can look at photos oh you remembered it. it's the Viewmaster. the Viewmaster. thank you yes cool. remember all right anyway well you came so, up with ossuary because i couldn't remember it that's fine i don't even know why i remember the that word was ossuary. really good for you oh my god very strange but <laughs> go ahead i'm sorry <laughs> no that's right so you know those those theories to me are a little bit more far-fetched than like i can believe that the chronovisor and the the a book of magic is and the Viewmaster. yeah and the Viewmaster <laughs> are hidden away in the archives but yeah to think that there is proof that Jesus never existed is just silly to me because, again, it's historical record that he did exist. As you look at the censuses of that time. Um, oh, what about that so the archives are controlled by the Illuminati? Anything's possible. <laughs> and that it might hold the biggest collection of pornography in the world. So that's a little strange. I don't know. The what missionary make- position. <laughs> That's where the name came from. That's right. So uh, that The archives one, at the Vatican. Uh, that's another <laughs> weird rumor about what might be in there outside of the aliens and mysterious things like that. Apparently, they say it holds the biggest collection of pornography in the world. I don't know why that would be or what that means, but that's... You don't know what it means? We'll have a talk after. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Thanks. I'm not sure. <laughs> I don't He's know. blushing. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> 
I don't know what to make out of that one. But yeah, some some weird theories there. He has about two what's, children, so don't worry about yes, it. Yes, that's right. What might be uh, hidden away in the archives. But I ask you, Karen. Oh, boy. Outside of all that, and outside of the mysteries and the theories, you might be wondering what the current Pope, Pope Francis, <sighs> has to say about all this. Uh, well, he was asked a few years ago what he would do if an alien asked to be baptized. And his response was basically, if an alien came up to me and it was like the drawings of children who say it's this green figure with big ears and a big nose, which I don't know what aliens Italian kids are drawing. I've never seen big ears and big nose. <laughs> but he said, if, if this figure came up to me that the children always draw and they asked to be baptized, then I would do it. Then that means you know they're a child of God. So I found it fascinating that you have the current leader of the Catholic Church coming out and being open enough to and acknowledge the possible existence of alien life. But then he might say, we baptize you instead of I baptize you. Uh-oh. <laughs> because what happened recently? What was it? With the baptism. Were you here? No. All these baptisms have to be redone because apparently the priest said, we baptize you. He said it like hundreds of times over hundreds of baptisms instead of I baptize baptize you so it doesn't get rid of the original sin. They have to be rebaptized. Oh, no. When yes. Did the, I didn't see this story. Oh, you must have been. Oh, it's day off Diener Day. Oh, okay. Sometimes I take a day off. Yeah. So it was. I must he have missed would, that story. He hit one word and all these baptisms are null and void. Null and void. Yes. Oh, no. I got to go back to my own baptism and make sure. It's yes. <laughs> make sure he said I and not we. <laughs> oh no but again I want to just revisit uh, brother Guy Casamalango whatever his name was because this was my favorite line is what he had to say and this is kind of sums up the whole podcast this week understanding the universe is important if you have a religion like ours that says God made this universe and that means we can understand God's personality by seeing how the universe works that's it I love that I think that's the perfect way to say it which is we can't be so, so short-sighted. No. Right? Well, why? I don't. Th- I think it's it's even wrong of us. Right. I was going to say ignorant, but I think it's even wrong to, of us to sit here and say that God only created us. Uh, no, if, it's if, egotistical to think that. Sure. Here's the first part of what he said. The medieval universities, which is where science got started, had four subjects that everyone had to study before they could go on to theology or philosophy. There was music, there was arithmetic, there was geometry, and there was astronomy. Understanding the universe is important if you have a religion like ours that says God made this universe. And that means we can understand God's personality by seeing how the universe works. Exactly. And I think when you talk about, I'm going to get a little theological here, but when you talk about what God is said to be, God is said to be pure love, right? A spirit of love. So if you're talking about an infinite love, Uh. a being of infinite love, there's going going to be infinite love for one race of beings throughout no. the entire expansion of the universe. People that have near death experiences say when they do go there, they just feel love. They feel loved. They feel the warmth of love. They f- it's like all encompassing. Right. So I mean, I don't know. That's just my own thought on it. That if as 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 a practicing Catholic, it doesn't take much for me to make the leap and say. If there is this being of infinite love in God, why would he only spend it on one race of beings? Why wouldn't he spread that love throughout the universe and create other beings that he loves, right? Right. I mean, like just like with Valiant Thor, right. they, with the, as a Venusian, he said they they were close to God. I wonder if the other, you know, 
I don't the other know. beings in the universe look at us and go, oh my God, they are so screwed up. <laughs> need some help. We got to keep an eye on those well, those people on Earth. Well, apparently Valiant Thor did, and then he gave up on us. He's yeah. like, yeah, screw you guys. <laughs> Man, you God gave you free will, and it's not good. Not going well so far. <laughs> but we, we try. That's all we can do is we try. Do. We do. So how about next week, Karen? What would you like to talk about? Uh, I think there's some lost... Yes. Civilizations and lost, lost worlds. Lands. lands. We're going to get into that in episode 33 next week because there's some fascinating stuff. And I'm not just talking about Atlantis. Everybody talks about Atlantis. There's some really, really strange things about lost lands throughout the history of time that we are going to dive into, which, of course, all connects with life on other planets. I love aliens. how they, <laughs> the one guy brought up the fact that, oh, there's actually people living in the Americas. <laughs> <laughs> They arrive, Christopher Columbus. Oh, what are you doing here? Nobody, we live here. <laughs> nobody thought that. No. But you can check out that episode next week and this episode and all previous episodes on Apple and Spotify and 850WFTL.com and wherever you get your podcast, you can catch up. Thank you to everybody who's been listening. The response just every week is more than we could ever have imagined on this podcast. So thank it's you so much. Blowing up. Give us five extraterrestrial stars. Yes, please. And we'll talk to you again and do it all again next no time. No black holes. Here on UAP, the Unidentified Alien Podcast. Karen Curtis over there. I almost said Karen Diener. Karen <laughs> Curtis over there. <laughs> Stephen Diener over here. We'll talk to you again next time. Take care.